Hi and welcome to St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse. My name is Stuart and I get to be the minister here. Today, as part of our time together, we'll celebrate the Lord's Supper, Communion. So you might want to pause, go and get yourself some bread and wine or a suitable alternative so that when the time comes you are ready to join with us in celebrating together. Today in worship I'm joined by Alan who is going to read for us and lead us in prayer later in the service. So let's listen for the word of God. Reading today is from Luke 13, 10 to 17. Jesus heals a crippled woman on the Sabbath. One Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in a synagogue. A woman there had an evil spirit that had made her ill for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called out to her, Woman, you are free from your illness. He placed his hands on her and at once she straightened herself up and praised God. The official of the synagogue was angry that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, so he spoke up and said to the people, There are six days in which we should work, so come during those days and be healed, but not on the Sabbath. The Lord answered him, You hypocrites! Any one of you would untie his ox or his donkey from the stall and take it out to give it water on the Sabbath. Now here is a descendant of Abraham whom Satan has kept bound up for 18 years. Should she not be released on the Sabbath? His answer made his enemies ashamed of themselves, while the people rejoiced over all the wonderful things that he did. I wonder, what did you want to be when you grew up? And what were your dreams and aspirations, and did they change as you got older? I think I've just about given up hope of being called up to play football for Scotland, Although most of the times that I watch them play, I still think I might might just be good enough. I play seven asides every Tuesday night and every Wednesday morning I confront the harsh reality that I just can't do the things I used to. But I can. I just can't stand up straight when I get out of bed in the morning the next day. That usually wears off by lunchtime. Lunchtime the next Tuesday. And then I'm good to go again. But there have been times when it hasn't worn off. I'm prone to something called piriformis syndrome. The piriformis is a little muscle that connects the bottom of your back to the muscles in your legs. It also helpfully sits just above the sciatic nerve that runs down your back and your legs. And so when the piriformis muscle spasms, it feels like someone's struck you in the back with an axe. It's incredibly painful and completely debilitating. I can't move. I'm stuck in the position that happens in, and that's usually bent over. All of a sudden, the practicalities of daily life are almost impossible. Getting out of bed and taking the 10 steps to the toilet. Well, the first time it happened, I rolled out of bed and crawled to the toilet and spent 10 minutes summoning the courage to try and stand up off the floor. Thankfully for me, though, I have things that I can do to help. Stretches, a foam roller, a brilliant physio who keeps telling me to take up yoga. In those moments, I can just about imagine a little of what the woman in today's story goes through every single day. I know that some of you struggle with chronic pain, And you put a brave face on it and and you try to just get on with life, but it hurts a lot. That kind of pain is waning. And when it's bad, pain like that consumes us. And you can't do anything else. You can't think about anything else. You can't sleep. You can't eat. Life just becomes torturous. Now, imagine being the kind of person who is much more interested in keeping some petty rules than freeing this woman from that kind of suffering. That's who the official in this story is. 
It says in the rules that you're not allowed to do that today. There's six other days to do it. Do it then. The guy's enforcing rules that have become a burden. And that's not what the Sabbath was ever meant to be. In fact, it's meant to be the very opposite of that. Before we get into bashing fundamentalism, let's remember that the rules around the Sabbath come from a good place. Taking time off is important, and I can hear the eye rolls of the people who know me and know that I'm rubbish at that. Making one day a week where no one is allowed to work helps. That means that nobody feels guilty for not working because, well, you're not allowed to. No one is. But then you start down the road of trying to decide what's work and what isn't. Is cooking the dinner work? Washing the car, cutting the grass? What about playing or hanging out the washing? For some people, those are absolutely work. For others, well, we might not see them as that. The problem comes when I decide and then tell you what you can and can't do, even if that's out of a deep concern for your well-being. These Sabbath laws are supposed to liberate people from work. They're meant to free people, even just for one day from the daily grind. The idea of Sabbath comes from the very first story in the Bible, in a book called Genesis. The first chapter of Genesis is actually a poem. People forget that it's a poem and, and get mixed up with other kinds of writing and, and try to say that it's literally what happened, but it's a poem. And poems are amazing. They tell us things and they help us to understand things by inviting us to imagine. What this poem does brilliantly is try to explain the creation of the world. It captures the order of evolution and at the same time, it tells us something about God. God who's creative and loving and pleased with all that he's created and us. Just listen to it. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning, the first day. And so the poem goes on, for six days God creates. And God declares what has been created to be good, very good. And on the seventh day, when all has been created, God rests. And the Sabbath is established right there in the first lines of the Bible. Six days to work and one day to rest. But Sabbath isn't just about a day off work. It's about something much deeper and much more important. Sabbath is based in the idea of recreation. Now we use that word to mean leisure activities, but it means more than that. Re at the start of any word means again or anew. We've spoken before about remember, being about putting back the pieces, the parts of something back together again to help us understand. So recreation is about recreating. It's about creating again, creating anew, repairing, restoring, renewing creation. Reducing Sabbath to a day where you can't do anything completely misses the point. Because often resting is an act of recreation. We leave fields to rest so that they can recover and grow crops again next year. We take holidays to step away from work and rest. Rest is good and hugely important. But sometimes Recreation is active. Moving is important for recovery and renewal. If you sit still, you get stiff and sore. 
Helping the earth to recreate is both stopping and being active. We can leave things alone and let nature get on with it, or we can actively help. We can dig and clear and fertilise. We can stop polluting. We can change our habits and behaviours. And that's what Jesus is showing us when he heals the woman with a bad back. He's recreating her. And that's what Sabbath is for. Just stopping sometimes isn't enough because Sabbath is about freedom. Freedom from all the things that keep us down and wear us out. This act of recreating tells us a bit about who Jesus is too. John's Gospel says that Jesus is the Word. And the Word was there in the beginning with God. And it was through the Word that everything came into being. In that Genesis poem, God speaks the world into being. Let there be light. The words become light and dark, day and night, land and sea. The word became flesh and lived among us, called Jesus. But why? To recreate the world. Sabbath is actually from sunset on Friday to sunset on Saturday. So why do we find ourselves here on a Sunday? For the same reason that the font that we use for baptism and the pulpit that we speak from have eight sides. In the ultimate act of recreation, Jesus defeats death. Jesus' resurrection is on the day after the Sabbath Sunday, the first new day, the day of recreation, the eighth day. So both baptism and communion are about recreation. In baptism we acknowledge that God created us and invites us to live with that identity. We're reminded again and again that we are all children of God. In communion, we take ordinary things that are broken, torn pieces of bread and poured out wine. And when we eat and drink, they become part of us. And they remind us of how we can be put back together again, both as individuals and as community. We remember what Jesus did for us and how our souls can be renewed and restored. How we can all be recreated by God's love. Christ's table is for all who are weary. Christ's table is for all who feel unprepared. Christ's table is for all who are awake. Christ's table is for all who are ready. Christ's table is for all. So come you who feel overwhelmed. Come you who feel way behind. Come you who feel smug. Come all of you. Because Christ invites us all to his table. To find rest. To find hope. To find peace. To find joy. To be recreated. All wrapped up in a gift the gift of Christ for all of us today. In Jesus, God is born among us, born for every time and place, sent to every nation. Jesus countered political unrest with a message of hope. Jesus met violence and resistance with words and actions that spelled out peace. Jesus waded through expectations and showed the way to real life and relationship with God and one another. People didn't get him then, and we don't get him now. Yet the night before he died, he gathered with his friends, friends who misunderstood, friends who misinterpreted his words, friends who would run away when the going got tough. He gathered them around and fed them bread and wine, symbols of love and action. And he asked them to do the same, in remembrance of him. And today we recreate that moment. We share this bread and wine set before us at Christ's table here 
and we give thanks to God.
might be restored. The world might be restored. Offering now the lives we live, freely you gave and freely we will give. Freely we will give. The Lord be with you. People of God, lift up your hearts. Lift them to a rock and refuge. Let us pray. Daughters and sons of God, give thanks to the one who saves us. Give thanks and joy to give thanks to the God who is our hope. With a simple word, creator of the universe, you caused chaos to tremble with fear, as mountains stretched to touch the clouds, and rivers cascaded through the barren deserts. With a single breath, Life was given to our ancestors who stood up straight to walk through your garden. But the spirit of sin put out its hand and crippled us. Death enslaved us with its unjust and cruel grip. You touched the lips of the prophets, pointing them to call us home. But we could not lift our heads to see we would not turn our hearts to listen. Yet you would not leave us hopeless but sent Jesus to set us free. Therefore, we join our voices with the faithful of all time and all places, singing our song of joy to you. Holy, holy, holy God, our hope, our trust, all of creation worships you with reverence and awe. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes as the mediator of the new covenant. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, God of the ages. And blessed is Jesus Christ, our hope and our trust. Your child from before time, he became a son of Abraham so that we might all be part of your family. From the day he became human, he taught us of your hopes for us so that we might not give in to despair. Seeing us held in the unrelenting grasp of sin and death, he put out his hand and rescued us. So as we remember his life, his ministry, his death and resurrection, yet once more we proclaim that mystery that we call faith. Christ died to set us free from sin. Christ was raised so that we might be set free from death. Christ will come again, rejoicing at the wonderful things that God has done. So pour out your Holy Spirit upon these gifts of bread and wine, upon all your family who come to this, the Lord's table. We come with knees knocking, with hearts pounding, taking shallow breaths, trusting and believing that here we will find healing. Here we will be touched by your grace. Here we will hear your word of hope. And then fed by your love and nourished by your dreams, we will go out and bring your peace to a warring world. We'll speak out on behalf of those whom society has rendered voiceless. We will not be afraid to stand up straight and to look injustice and cruelty in the eye.
and proclaim enough. And then when we are gathered with our sisters and brothers from the beginning of creation, we will sit at the Lord's table, joining hands and lifting our eternal praise to you, God and community, Holy One. Amen. On the night before he died, Jesus took bread. He broke it and shared it, saying, This is my body, broken for you. Do this to remember me. After supper, he took the cup, declaring a new relationship made possible with God. For all. For everyone. Even us. So we share with those gathered here and with those who have gone before and with those who have yet to find their way to Christ's table. We do this to remember him. The things of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Prayers for others and ourselves. Lord of the Sabbath, we are glad to spend time with you today. We are grateful for church buildings where people can gather to worship you in safety and comfort. We thank you for people who have trained to lead us in worship and for technicians, musicians and choirs who enhance our time together. We remember people who do not have the luxury of a building where they can gather safely to worship. We remember congregations who meet in secret, those who meet online, those who meet in homes, and coffee shops, prisons and bomb shelters. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Healing Lord, we are fortunate to have access to free healthcare and specialists in all areas of health and well-being. We are thankful for all who work in healthcare settings and give their time and talents to helping others. We remember people who struggle to access healthcare and do not have the money to pay for it. We pray for all those who are training to become healthcare providers or thinking about it as a career. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Merciful God, we cannot thank you enough for loving us as we are as we are, and always willing to forgive when we fail you. We give thanks for the people in our lives who treat us with mercy and forgive us when we fail them. We remember people who live under abusive or unjust rulers and pray they may know your mercy. We pray for all who work to help people in these difficult situations, both volunteers and paid staff. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. And give us patience to wait until you call us to speak or act in ways that build your kingdom here and now. May we be bold and courageous as we work for your kingdom to come. And may we know your presence with with us each moment, guiding us forward always as we continue to pray in the words you taught us. Praying, Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the God who sees the neglected, who calls the rejected and raises the dejected, who honours the disrespected, Guard you and guide you, bless you and keep you, 
and inspire you to acts of care and compassion in his name for his people. As God has drawn near to us in love, let's go from this time of worship and draw near to others in that same love. With the blessing of God revealed to us as Father, Son and Holy Spirit, with us, with those we love and with those we find hardest to love, today and every day. Amen. Amen.